Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and germs, to the Ultimate Showdown episode where we discuss and rank all of the best TV dramas of 2021. That is right. It is movie of the year's best ofs, and we are here to just discuss the TV dramas. You may have your opinions on the state of TV drama for 2021, but we're here to use a lot of screaming, a lot of absolute chaos to accurately determine what the best TV drama actually was in 2021 but i can't do that alone which is why i have brought along some very special very intelligent friends joining us for this show we have caitlin oh yes you said intelligent and my name immediately <laughs> came to your mind <laughs> hi yes my name is caitlin i watched a lot of tv dramas this year and um i, I consumed them through my mind Ooh, yeah we consume them through your mind yeah it's a really cool thing that i am able to do myself <laughs> a lot of people can't do it with intelligence this yeah. is why mm -hmm. she consumes things with her mind we've got a theme like over there the cooler jimmy neutron is what they call me the cooler <laughs> no, you know what i have not been introduced yet so i'm not going to react to the fact that somebody just called themselves the cooler <laughs> jimmy neutron call me carl <laughs> which i think is danny phantom oh my it's God! True. Right, Ryan? definitely yes. Danny Phantom. That <laughs> other voice you hear commenting on uh, cartoons is Ryan. Uh, the Danny Phantom of the show, I would say. Oh, I fucking love Danny Phantom. Yeah, I know. Can we just talk does. about Danny Phantom today? <laughs> Back uh, in my day, Danny Phantom. <laughs> Back in my day, people would have a, like on their ceiling pictures of Corey Haim or Corey Feldman. Or real boys named Corey, and now it's just jerking off to Daniel Phantom. Yeah, <laughs> get me in the ghost zone, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see if we get to some more Danny Phantom talk throughout today's episode. I feel like this can continue on the entire episode. We can bring up Danny Phantom as much as we want. Definitely relate. I have to permission the rest now. Thank you. Content. <laughs> we also have Greg here. I'm prepared to talk a lot about Danny Phantom, someone who we all equally are aware of <laughs> and all fondly remember. I'm just going to guess. Can I throw out a guess? Is Danny Phantom like the alter ego of Jimmy Neutron? No. 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 Okay. Jimmy Neutron Close, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's not like a cool Urkel thing. Are you a bigger fan of, and I will use his proper name, Benjamin Tenjamin? Oh, Ben Tent? No, these things are all... <laughs> I'm so old okay. compared to these references. <laughs> but the, I, I do want to point out that uh, Greg has thousands of nieces and nephews and literally yes. li does not listen to a damn word they say. Mm -mm. Well, they talk a lot, Ryan, and you have to either <laughs> accept all of it or accept none of it, and I've opted to switch into none mode. <laughs> That's a good choice. Much so like Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> And the I hit just film say it leaves him back to spend habit. his time listening to us instead. Very good choice. Yeah. Very glad you made this one. Nieces and nephews or friends on a podcast. Friends on a podcast should always win. We have one more guest with us. Uh, we have James here. Hey, I don't start talking until Sister Act 2 back in the habit is mentioned. So I am now <laughs> able to be... <laughs> That, I did see that. That was in your contract. I'm sorry. I forgot to bring it up yes. sooner. Um, that is correct. I, yeah. yeah. I just, you know, it slipped my mind, and that's yeah. why he's been silent this whole time. That's true. Yep. That's your, right. Your friend James is kind of bringing down the whole party. Oh, oh, just bring up Sister Act 2 back in the habit. <laughs> it'll, it'll brighten right up. Hello. <laughs> James is here. Just fucking cards and fire shoot from his sleeves. He is yeah, like, Whoopi, like Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. I think we've all seen it. <laughs> that MCU property. 
All right. So those are the people who will be ranking and voting on the top TV dramas. Before we That's get That's a bummer into- for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> These seem like experts. <laughs> Absolutely expert, experts. Uh, we have the best opinions around. No need to look further. There's a bunch of lists I'm sure you could find online, but this is the most accurate ranking out there. Um, before we get into what shows we're going to be discussing, uh, I have to ask, what was the state of 2021 drama? If we could describe it in a few words, um, what might those words be, Caitlin? Heavy. That's one. That's Heavy. one word. Yeah. Heavy, heavy, um, and yeah, that's that's actually I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tap out with my one word. Do you guys think Ryan? Do you want to expand on that? (laughs) Well, I I thought that at first he said (laughs) Kevy, so like Kevy can fuck himself. But I, I like, like I wonder if what is going to win tonight, which is this was so heavy, I was forced to think, and I hate thinking, but I have to choose it or. Uh, what made me hit play after the episode was over? Mm-hmm. What yes. was bingier or what was thinkier? And I do think that tonight in the bracket, we're going to see a separation of those two things. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you sort of are either one or the other. Yeah, I, mm. I could see that being the big split. Greg, do you have an inkling of what one you're going to lean towards or thoughts on TV dramas in 2021? I do know that usually we sort of discount the, uh, even though it's TV dramas, I think that we usually discount the ones that are like painful to watch. I don't think that's going to be as easy to do this year, though. Because sometimes they're just so fucking good, dude. That's the thing, yeah. And so there's a couple up near the top that are like really heavy. Like like It's a Sin is joyful, but also it's very heavy subject matter. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the the AIDS crisis and and what it did to the gay community. And Underground Railroad, obviously... Slavery is a heavy topic, but like we've never seen a show made as well as as these shows, let's say, have been made. And so I, I think that this year we're going to have to maybe do a little bit of a better job of not being like this bummed me out, whereas Succession like made me chuckle. And so <laughs> you're not to, not to, not to rip on Succession, but I, I feel like we have to lean into how heavy these dramas are and not like away from it this mm-hmm. year. What are your thoughts, James? I think um, it's kind of fun because Succession was sort of like the the cis white male uh, conductor or grounding like element. So it could be where all the suited white men were while we got to see the <laughs> stories of all sorts of other marginalized people like, you know, uh, black women in, during you know slave times or the gay community in, in Britain or witches in suburbia. Like all these things where they're <laughs> like people that are sort of uh, persecuted or or having these struggles um get to have their stories told because succession uh, sucked up all the other, uh, all the, you know, other white drama. Um, but I, I do. There is this weird thing that happens though, where the sitcom that wins or the, the comedy that wins TV comedy is like the most serious. And yeah. the drama that wins best drama is the least serious. You know, we always find ourselves in a position where we want to settle in the middle. We don't want things yeah. too dramatic or too comedic. Yeah. I, w- I will also say the format was a really big thing this year, like the sort of genre exploration and sort of cinematography and, and what you can refer to with your uh, production values and stuff. That was really cool. Yeah, the word cinematography, I think we have used when talking about the television dramas before, but I don't know if it has ever been as applicable as, as this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, there's some pretty amazing uh, photography in these. And Yeah, yeah and it, we're going to keep fighting against this thing that I really would like to fight about uh, fight against because as 
you know, much as I love movies, I do think TV is a very special thing. And I don't want to do this thing that people do with horror movies, which is if it's good, it's closer to a movie. And if it's bad, then it's just TV drama. You know, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. uh, this is like, this is kind of garbage. So it's a TV drama, but this is kind of excellent. So therefore, it's something more than that. It's like a, it's like an eight hour movie. You know, right. like, TV drama is, we're going to see how capable it is of doing so many things, but it's, it's not just about like uh, denouncing TV drama and saying the closer you are to a film, the better you are. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. It's a great point. Yep. And a lot of these thrive in the format of TV. They cannot exist in that same right. format. And I think we need to appreciate the team fee function as Absolutely. it is a bit more. All right. That's a brief intro to what we're going to be getting a lot deeper into in this TV dramas of 2021 um bracket and showdown we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we are going to dive right into our top eight tv dramas of the year welcome back to tv drama of the year 2021 we are ready to discuss our first matchup our first bracket in this bracket we have our number one seed succession going up against our ninth seed and my personal pick kevin can fuck himself in season three of Succession, we return to the Roy family once again as the three Roy siblings are vying for control of Waystar and from their conniving father, Logan. For the first time ever, we see these siblings recognize each other as a possible ally and attempt to take them down together in a conclusion of betrayal where they are sabotaged by not just their father, but both parents. In Kevin Can Fuck Himself, we use the classic sitcom set up to show Allison's unhappy marriage to the classic sitcom husband, a lazy and immature man whose only interests ultimately benefit himself. Instead of lovingly forgiving all of Kevin's blunders, in this first season of the show, Allison plots instead to murder him. Caitlin, I ask you this. Which character would you most want to murder, a member of the Roy family or Kevin? Oh, 100% Kevin. I, uh, I watched this and I was like, Kevin needs to fucking die. And when she comes to that conclusion, like he's going to, I'm going to murder him. I'm like, yes, this show, like it's like heart wrenching in a way, the way that she has to go through all of these things. And she just continues to get stepped on. And she really truly believes this is how it's supposed to be. So I, I feel for her. And I think Kevin should fucking die. <laughs> and I'm the way that it gets done. I, I'm open to it. I'm open to however he needs to die. <laughs> mm-hmm. All yeah. the possibilities. This voice that you're leaning into yeah. right now, Caitlin, can you say the the title of the movie, Uncut Gems? Uncut Gems. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but even though the world would be such a better place if almost anybody on Succession died, uh, still, I yeah. think that it, it's hard to want anyone other than this Kevin guy to, to be the one to, to buy it. Isn't yeah. that interesting? He's so uh, he doesn't have much of an impact on the world or anything no. aside from Allison's personal life, and yet he's still the one I think we would all agree to take down. Whereas these other people have legitimate power over society and. But money. that's I think that's <laughs> so much part of people like Kevin is like I have to make an impact on something. Mm-hmm. Yep, I have to have power yeah. in something. So if it's if it's not going to be the way that the fucking markets and news and the world works, then it's just going to be this woman's yep. life. You know, like then at least I am in, I'm making a thumbprint on something on the world and it's fucking so I don't know why I do it. (laughs) (laughs) I did actually add this show as an intervention for Ryan. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) 
Ryan's is, gonna fuck himself. Is anybody is anybody surprised that this is one of like the the eight dramas from the year? I because I, I I'm a little surprised yep, by that. Absolutely. This this is this uh, you file this under. Don't trust the B in apartment twenty three, where the title is so <laughs> nuanced that even though the show for both of these was good and very watchable and whatever the the title I'm like. We have to play with like covering it up and like not saying it and all this stuff. That it's what it is is so much cooler than what I thought it was given the title. Mm. So, I but like I think that my surprise and I think it's it was good. It was definitely a, a strong entry in the sixteen. Yes, but I think ultimately where I come down on this show is that it was a premise that was fallen in love with so much and it is brilliant, right? Yeah, to do that whole like. Purple Rose of Cairo, uh, step off the screen into real life and see what it's like. But I don't, to me, I don't think the premise ever gelled. I think that, like, they never really set up enough of their own rules for how the show should work that it was just sort of confusing and bogged down mm. by that. Like, what is this, what, what is a sitcom? What is a uh, uh, peak TV drama? And how do we know the difference? And I think th- it, there was almost too much to say too much story to tell about TV commentary and marriage commentary mm. that I, I never thought, I always thought that it was on this tightrope that it kept, you know, almost falling mm. off of. I do think, yeah. There's but it had Annie the... Murphy and like, honestly, that sometimes that's all you fucking need is Annie Murphy. Absolutely. Uh, it does fall into that trap where the creators were so in love with their setting and what they were yeah. hoping to do that they kind of set everything else a little bit to the back burner. Not entirely. It didn't get to a point where you forgot what it was trying to accomplish, but it doesn't set itself up for the full success. I feel like it, the concept is more like, I feel like when I'm telling people about the show, I'm, de- I'm definitely describing more the concept than the plot. However, the right. concept goes far further, farther, way more cl- to characterize her character than I thought it would, where it's like, what, she experiences on both sides tell each other they talk to each other about and sort of inform the audience about what her life is like what her mental state is like in a way that it shouldn't work as well as i found that it did like it it really gave me like oh, okay she's this is it made the sitcoms part excruciating and the you know the yes excruciating yeah. part also excruciating it was just excruciating so like that dichotomy <laughs> was necessary in general excruciating <laughs> yeah but that, i totally agree with that james the sitcom part gets harder and harder to like stomach yeah. mm-hmm. it becomes more and more like this is a weird representation of like essentially abusive neglectful behavior yeah. mm-hmm. and i i agree that it gives you two different looks at what she's going through well, even from even from i know it was set in worcester but basically a setting a show in Boston as a sitcom is a different thing than setting something in Boston as a drama. And I think that was really interesting <laughs> as well. Cause you know, in, in sitcoms, it's just a funny accent, maybe go socks, but on a drama, it's like opioid crisis. And like, yeah, it, it's <laughs> gray. Everything is gray. Like, there's trash and it's just everywhere. raining yeah, all the time. Exactly. You yeah. can smell the piss. Yeah. So <laughs> also Worcester is one of my favorite uh, city names to pronounce of all time. So. <laughs> oh, it's a real one. Yeah, yeah that, that's a real city. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do have to wonder if this show would have the same impact on um, maybe a younger audience who didn't probably mm. grow up with the same sitcoms oh, constantly in the background of their childhood. That's really interesting. But yeah, I, I just wonder if, I mean, I think because of streaming services, and when I talk to people that are younger than me, they have so much more 
so many more thoughts on home improvement mm. and friends than they do really anything else. <laughs> that I, I think that there's a there's a part of them that are like, we just ingested this nonstop because it's easy. Yeah. But what made it easy? What made it easy? Was it the constant like misogyny and you know just uh, the abuse that is constantly happening? Like Tim Allen will cover up anything he does with a. <laughs> and that's, just, that's just how his life. It's somehow works. endearing. Somehow we're just like, oh yes. Isn't isn't it interesting though? I, like you don't hear people do. Do kids watch Everybody Loves Raymond? He asked, feeling very very old when asking that. Like <laughs> I don't have here. I ever. don't think. I, yeah, not as much as Friends, which is disgusting. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. but Friends is a different, you know, whether you like it or not, Friends is a different animal. Like it, like mm-hmm. everybody loves Raymond. You know, the the Th- oovra, this whole Kevin genre of, of like babe wife, yeah, yeah, and, and and his parents live next door, and she has to pretend like she likes them too, and they're awful. Like it, it's a whole, it's a whole Did- separate genre that it feels like it should be like. I hadn't thought about how if you don't watch or at least haven't seen on in the background what it's being, does it work better or worse? I don't know. Did I tell you guys that I, one of my friends who I hadn't seen in a long time, I talked to her and she said that her husband's parents live across the street. God, no. And I was like, how is that going? And she just wouldn't respond. Which, which is, which is worse? Have wor- your parents live across the street from you when you're married or your parents follow you to your college town? Oh, what the fuck is that? Did, you, did that happen? Oh, no, 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 no. That's a that thing, was, though. Helicopter yeah. parents just moving with their kids. Oh, shit. I mean, and it's different yeah, it's... than it's your, you go to school in your hometown. It's my parents have nothing to do. Their jobs don't require them to be on site, so they moved with me here. I still live with them. It was... Yeah. Speaking of... It's... Speaking of parents that ride in helicopters, <laughs> yes, yes, the helicopter parents. Uh, the opposite of helicopter parents, though, because they often right. uh, check in on their parents, but parent, kids, but don't really give a fuck on how they're getting along. Uh, succession. Was there any show this year that proved that Netflix's like uh, whole way of doing things is wrong? And if you release one episode per week, you will be the talk of the fucking town for however long your season. I binge Succession, like, so I don't know. <laughs> maybe my bubble, maybe my bubble is small and ridiculous. Maybe in uh, the flyover states, nobody cared. But man, did I felt like we rushed to talk about every episode of Succession in a way mm-hmm. that hadn't happened since like Seinfeld. In 1996, you couldn't go on to Twitter after the episode had premiered, if, unless you were going to watch it in real time. Exactly, because even like even even after like the minutes after an episode ended, people were already like so crazy with the spoilers, and critics would get screeners and they wouldn't give a shit. They'll be like, "I'm going to be banned from HBO Max," but fuck but it, I'm, I'm talking about this anyway. as early as possible. <laughs> I uh, was like about a week behind watching this, and Twitter was actively avoided the entire time I was yeah. watching Succession, especially when I saw the season finale just trending. I was like, "Turn it off now. You're going to spoil everything." Because man, the season finale Can... had a lot to Hell yeah. reveal. Calling it doing it as doing the first two seasons with ten episodes and this season with nine episodes and leaving it like that, I was like. All right, cool. They have a lot to do in episode ten, but wait, why did it go back to episode one? What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Fix it. What's oh, happening? There's more. We need more. <laughs> my wife has made me tell her when we're up at the last episode, yeah. like because mm-hmm. that's something you have to prepare you for mentally yeah. before you watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would put, but I mean, uh, good. 
Go, James. I would put Tom in a in a pit with Kevin and give them implements of destruction and have them go at each other. I've not hated per- a person more than Tom. I like King Joffrey. Tom, better than this Tom. was Tom's like like this was Tom's redemption season. I yeah. guess. <laughs> I guess. Well, nobody gets redeemed on this also, show. The, yeah, on, the only redemption no, for any of these. Ki- <laughs> This, this okay, so I think I've notoriously like hated Succession and not liked it. But this is the first time when I started the season, I was like hooked into yeah. it for a couple episodes. Did you watch a little bit and were you like, oh damn? Yeah, I was like, wait, what? And so I watched definitely more <laughs> episodes this season than I have in any season of Succession. I like it, my, the two greatest TV dramas of all time, inarguably, are Mad Men and The OC. And we have a show that combines both of those, and it is perfect. Are we allowed to argue if it's not about the shows on topic? No, it's okay. inarguable. Inarguable. Like a quotes. Set in stone. No, I, 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 I hate everything about him. And I think that means the actor's doing great. Also, that's the guy that played Darcy in the Pride and Prejudice, which I remind yes. myself every episode, yes. and it weirds me out. <laughs> Um, that's fucked up more. Uh, that's fucked up more young girls than my Danny Phantom porn. Right. <laughs> uh, Mr. Doss. Do you guys have a favorite? Do you guys have like a go-to? This is the person that I root for. Greg. Like I don't know. That's such a Shiv. weird. Greg. I, I'm with Shiv. Shiv. I'm, I'm with Greg on Shiv. Oh, oh Shiv I is terrible. Shiv is going to win, and so I don't. I'm not worried about her. <laughs> She's I mean, they're terrible, all terrible, but she I feel has, like she's the product of most of what's happened around her being terrible, and I mm-hmm. justify her awfulness Absolutely. so much more. I, I would love it if Roman won, but they will all let you it. down. Yeah. No matter who you pick, yeah. they will let you down. But Greg is letting me down. I the support most. women's right to be evil. <laughs> exactly. I think that if a woman women's rights be named after a fucking razor that you use to kill okay, people in prison. Kendall is like Ken doll. He's moldable. He has no whatever. Yeah. Shiv, yeah. No genitalia. And then Roman, he's always moving around. Like I was like, come on, can we name them not <laughs> things that describe them? Is there any way? Romulus. Greg. And then, exactly. And he's other... just, but he's the most Greg. Like it's like Greg the adjective. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, Greg, would you would you say he's the most Greg? Uh, yeah. I would say he, he's gregarious and egregious, and th- that's the, th- <laughs> those are the polarities the of the Greg. Greg. Though, like, does he? Yeah, is he the ultimate Greg. I would say he's like Greg. yeah, he's like the Platonic Greg, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. someone who sort of like stumbles into the room apologizing, apologizes, and then like sort of stumbles out apologizing. See, but yeah. I would say, I would say that uh, as far as the show goes, the person who is most like the Greg that I know is shit because yeah. always thinking. Always debating porcelain face, fat ass. That is the Greg <laughs> that I know. Maybe that's why I root for Shiv the most. It's in the back of my mind. I'm like, I also got to root for the Greg I know. And <laughs> <laughs> and like when, when you guys say Greg, I think Wiener, right? Like they're all pushover Wieners, but all of them are. All, every single one will yeah. just go with whatever wind they just recently smelled. Because they live in a world with like a true alpha yeah which is that nobody else can have anything unless it comes from me and so none of them develop because none of them are like fully adults because he won't let them be adults and they don't have the courage to go just make their own way in the world i've never seen characters more calculating that fail to calculate yeah i know (laughs) get better at it like why aren't you better at it because all they're doing they're going for the instant rush Mm -hmm. i know that this rush will be burnt out and i know that when it burns out they will come back at me and they will make me feel like shit. But for right now, I have no choice but to make them feel like shit. Did you? Was this show ruined for you guys when Demi... Uh, Ajawibe? 
made his song about no that song that, that song's one of the best parts of it yeah. but like didn't it sum up the show for you way I too heard it. who will no. steal a, who that will is, steal a kiss from daddy yeah that is the the central tenant of the show is all of these people it who want a sweet little kiss more. from daddy yeah Ken, kendall's always like dad i hate you Oh my god, are you sick? I will get you a water. I will get you a water right now. No, he's not. Uh, that's, not that's exactly not what happened. Why do you keep saying the opposite of what happened on the show? <laughs> uh, James, this is your first show. Okay. Um, Ken- Kendall is one of the funniest, most realistic portrayals of, I, s- I did one thing good one time, but I'm also kind of garbage, so all my future decisions are horrible. Like, But is his one good thing one time to be born... Into a no, rich the, the season finale of season two is the one time he made any good decision, which was to blow up his family, and he didn't even do that right. So, like, that's like but the that close... wasn't even yeah. done out of goodness. No, no, no. I I'm feel not, like yeah. you can't like, even call like that. I'm like... And then he coasted the wave of douchebag. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's singing Billy Joel, and then there's doing <laughs> things for your business, and. That fucking Twitter game that he played in his limo where everybody tell me Kendall tweets yes. and oh, I will react to them is the oh, most like, dude. I'm cool with everything, but I'm secretly not. And uh, my mind is broken. Yeah. I like I took a knee when that happened. <laughs> like, I started to have a little bit of a panic attack when that happened. I would never do that, Ryan, but I guess that's your right. It's disrespectful. <laughs> I think it's time that we go to a vote and move forward with this bracket. Um, Ryan, what are you voting for? Succession or Kevin can fuck himself? I think that Succession, this was a nearly perfect season. And it does my favorite uh, best of the year or movie of the year thing, which is it was so great and also so uh, iconic of its time. Like we know that like this is a pop culture milestone, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is already iconic. Whereas Kevin Can Fuck Himself was, I love the ambition, and I'm excited for a season two, but it's succession. All right. Caitlin. Um, I think this is the first time I'm going to do it, and I'm going to vote for a succession. Um, to go first time, what, you agree with Ryan? No. Like, it's so hard to agree with me. <laughs> the first time that I'm That's actually saying something positive about succession, because I, I just hated the entitlement and everything in it. And you now know, I'm Caitlin, like, at this rate, you're going to vote for Better Call Saul next Oh, don't you <laughs> dare put that evil on me, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's your vote for succession, season. Caitlin? Yes, That is succession. two for succession. Greg, what are you voting for? I think we did a great job acting like this wasn't the slam dunk of the evening, but this was absolutely the slam dunk of the evening. Kevin can no. uh, succession, obviously. And James. Yeah, yeah, this it's succession. I, I don't want it to be, but it was, and it almost wasn't, but then that last episode was so good in so many different ways. Yes, yes. It's succession. But like do people do people think that like if you like a show you agree with No the no no, that they I'm are? not saying I agree with it. Some people do have that in- that naive yeah. viewpoint of like I identify with these characters or oh, yeah, I no. love them. No, yeah, I identify with Kevin from Kevin Can Fuck Himself, and yet I'm still going with interesting. interesting. That's bold. Smart That's choice. a big move. Yeah. All right, I'm very happy to say that Kevin Can Fuck Himself did make it this far, but it definitely uh, is not going to move forward any further. It is succession. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to get to our second bracket. Hola, Felterinos. I just wanted to interrupt real briefly and say thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you want to support us a little more directly, you can go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. There, depending on what tier you pick, $1 a month, $5 a month. If you're crazy, anything more than $5 a month, don't do that. You can get extra content. There's extra shows, extra series, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, You can 
pay for Ryan to draw you a picture. Uh, I can write you a poem. You can get the shirts off our very own backs. All of that and so much more over at patreon.com slash your pop filter. While you're on the internet, you should check out Shady Monk. He does all the tunes you've been listening to. He's on Bandcamp. He's on Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, wherever kids get their music these days that I'm too old to know. Shady Monk lives there. Uh, you can probably follow him on Twitter and Instagram as well. That's Shady Monk. Wherever you get music, check him out. Welcome back. And we are on to discuss and vote on our second bracket. In the second bracket, we have our number five seed, WandaVision. Going again, up against the 13th seed, Yellow Jackets. WandaVision is the grief journey of Wanda Maximoff coping with the death of Vision by creating a town and sitcom reality in which she can have the life she dreamed of with him. While Yellow Jackets explores the past and present of a group of soccer teammates who survived a plane crash and journey through the Canadian wilderness together. Both shows explore characters reeling from trauma and grief, showing the impacts that it had on their lives and future. James, I ask you this. In your opinion, does the superpowered world of WandaVision or the blackmailing and murderous plots of Yellow Jackets better depict the landscape of coping with grief? Ooh, wow. This is, oh, wow. Um, what is grief? What is yes, grief let's, is let's, not yeah, let's just a jacket painted yellow. Um, <laughs> Uh, here's my. I actually have a treatise on this. Hold on a sec. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think that. I don't know. All right. So maybe that... McKenna, less good questions. Actually. Less good questions. That, <laughs> yeah. I think that. I think that. Um, I'm not. I think that grief is more immediate, and so I think that the Wandavision is more of a, of a knee jerk reaction, whereas the Yellow Jackets is like trauma or like a almost like a PTSD sort of like. Sustained trauma of never letting it heal. Yeah, kind of exactly. A sur- making a survival situation where then you're sur- in survival mode for the rest of the time that you're alive. Sort of. Oh, I think so that I think... was a great take. Thanks. And what? honestly, isn't isn't that gonna isn't that kind of now Wanda? But it's that, and she has yeah. cr- you know magic powers or. Yeah. or re- all, you know, reality-altering yeah. powers. Yeah, if you showed what happened to the soccer team right after they got back... Now, listen, if they did, I'm so sorry, but right after they got back, it would be more an exploration of what grief was like. Or, like, even actually looking at what happens right after, like, when they're still, like, in the cooking and, and learning how to shoot mode. That would be interesting to talk about for, for, for grief, I think. But, again, you're in survival mode, so there's no time to grieve. Yeah, mm, I don't know. In, in conclusion, these- I don't know. Is this the most populist, I guess, for lack of a better word, battle that we have? Like, I think so, yeah. These are definitely like the, the people's choices. So I obviously watched WandaVision as it came out. For sure. Yellow Jackets, I know a ton of people who did watch it as it came out and like loved it and consumed it completely. It's like not something that was on my radar, but when I watched it, I was like, I know why people watch this because yeah. there's always the – there's the mystery behind it. There's the – this is probably What's the most happen? like hit play, hit play, hit play, right? Yeah. Ryan, I yeah. feel like I feel like this is a better example, Ryan, of what you were saying about Succession. I think if you dropped every episode of Succession, it would still dominate the conversation. This being weekly, I think was really boosted by that. I think people were way more into this because it was something to talk about every week in kind of a lull in other TV. Yeah. And so people were talking about a Showtime show starring well, Christina Ricci. I don't even know Ricci. how they saw it. <laughs> like <laughs> 
they must, and I do not recommend this behavior, but they must have torrented, right? Like, they, <laughs> they, how would they see this show? What are they watching on Showtime? Tell me, what are they t- doing with it's that show? It's a show that flew so under the radar, I did not see it until it was trending on Twitter. Yeah. It did also it, did this it did, it did this perfect thing of like coming out 10 weeks before Euphoria, so it just yeah. launched us directly into next year's winner of TV drama Euphoria. <laughs> uh very nicely. And did, becoming like whatever monoculture that we have, it was kind of Yellow Jackets then Euphoria for a solid like 18 weeks straight. Yeah. I legit thought Yellow Jackets was on Hulu because so many people were talking about it when yeah. when we went to watch it and it was on Showtime. I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Like people watch Showtime, but I, I guess that's like just showing people how compelling now it is because of Yellow yeah. Jackets. Yeah, because of Yellow Jackets. But all you need is that one show. Did you guys hear uh, Paramount Plus's announcements the other day at the uh, Critic Awards? No. Um, the guy who created not Yellow Jackets but Yellowstone, uh huh, Taylor Ooh. Sheridan. Uh, he has been given five new shows for Paramount Plus. Wow! <laughs> so all about congratulations. parks. <laughs> <laughs> Devil's Post Pile coming this summer. Dude, Jellystone. Did, did the music hit? make me love it? Yes, it did. James. Okay, but Thank all right, you you're, right, right. You're, you're my age. I'm asking other people <laughs> in the group. Um, how did the music inform your viewing of this books and Caitlin? Because there's like there's there's such a thing as needle drop of like background music, and then there's such a thing as like rip music now. Yeah. I personally appreciated it. I love when music is almost its own character or part of the scene or aesthetic yeah. of a show. And I think it just emphasizes it. I think we have, we could even talk about like music and it's a sin. It does a similar thing yeah. where it mm-hmm. um, builds for up sure. scenes. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it worked very well. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. They did a thing that bugged me where they like the music was mostly great, but there was this scene where, um, uh, Natalie and her boyfriend were talking about Nirvana, and he's like, "Well, I just—they're just so mainstream now. They moved to the big label." I'm like, "It's sort of like, well, it's 1977, so Star Wars <laughs> just came out, as we all know." And by the way, trying to build the time yeah. period for Let's you just by dropping as, a line. Exactly. I love you, and I love you more than anything. And you're my everything. Also, did you just hear Star Wars just came out? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Dude, the, the guy Star- wearing that dead Kennedy shirt said more about the time period in which yeah. this was set than anything he said with his mouth. Nobody, in the, nobody would wear that shirt in whenever the Dead Kennedys came out. They would wear it in 1993 right. and yes. just try to front. And I would be just as intimidated by them as I would have been if they were in the <laughs> Dead Kennedys. Yellow Jackets using music to establish like time periods and everything. WandaVision just uses color and black and white and sitcom references. Um, I know a lot of people who did not enjoy the first episodes because of the slowness. Did anyone else feel that way? I thought it was great. I thought it pacing was fantastic, but I had a thing we kind of called Nick at night where yeah, that was sure. like, that was my college. Yeah. I would say uh, that yeah. was more important than the actual colleges I went to uh, because it taught me about TV history. So yep. I really felt that like, I love Lucy mama's family. And Married with Children were all basically made at the same time. Hmm, and I learned about all of them. Uh, so, yeah, for WandaVision to do this thing, which I think is, I feel like this is, uh, I don't know, a left-handed compliment. But for Marvel to do something that is weird to me. Yeah. Like, it's just so astonishing. Like, hey, you guys had an idea that isn't just, like, pumping out movies and TV shows. And you did it. And it worked. Goddamn. I have to stand up and applaud, even though it was like a B B plus, you know. 
Yeah, it, it was because so many of the other properties at this point are just like, and have you met my good friend Chewbacca? Come on <laughs> in here, Chewbacca. And this, <laughs> what a Wookiee, right? And this one, <laughs> this one actually, yeah, had a take. It had an idea. And yeah. so I liked that the first few episodes were so invested in that idea. Yeah. And then the, the Twilight Zone style yeah. feeling of mm-hmm. when it would go wrong really worked. And honestly, for me, McKenna, when they moved away from that, every step that they took away from that, the show got worse for me mm. until finally oh. it was like, now we're back oh. in the Marvel universe. Yes. And I was like, okay. Even the Modern Family one? I thought the Modern Family one. <laughs> no, no, no. I love good. the Modern Family one. Uh, the I would, they moved but away like, from sitcoms. Yeah. yeah, anytime oh, they were outside the bubble and it was like, what's she doing in there? We don't know. Let's like, yeah, you know, I let's agree. send Rambo in. I agree. That, I was like, I was like, I felt myself really struggling to stay as engaged as when it Absolutely. was just, mm-hmm. yeah, like, do, because like, Wanda Maximoff is fucked up in the same way that we are. Exactly. Like, this is how <laughs> we do all of our thoughts. Yeah. Normally, when it comes to something Marvel related, if there's not enough action or fight scenes or use of powers, I'm like, why are they doing this to us? This is why we watch this. This, I didn't want to see them fight. I wanted yeah. to see them yeah. live their suburban Absolutely. lives. And Absolutely. like I mean like like I love Catherine Hahn. Like I'm a big Catherine Hahn boy, right? Pop filter but, Hall of Famer. But she was most emblematic of this, which is that when she was in the sitcoms, she was really good. And then when she became Purple Witch Lady, she lost it big time and, and it was like embarrassing because like, I've never seen her fall down as a performer like that before. It's because they were like, We need you to be like a fifty sitcom now. We need you to be like a Malcolm in the Middle character now. And then at the end they were like, We need you to be a Marvel villain? You know what that's like? And she was like, that seems boring. Yeah, just yeah. do it. Just just do it real quick. We're, yeah. we're going to put some Throw green screen costume, behind you and that'll be it. And you're going to fly and it'll be good. And her she, costume looked looked weird. Like, I mean, it just, it was such a, a, a failure, I think, her, you know, when, when she really became the villain. I think she's so stellar that it wasn't so obvious that it was a failure. But I think if you watch them so closely together, the episodes and see her performance in the sitcom, it's much more highlighted. Um, but I yeah. still think she was fantastic. I do think... It's just the one t- highlighted her strength so much more. And as, so, as far as music goes, it was Agatha all along. Might be oh, the best obviously. song sure. of like TV well, drama yeah. this year. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I 100% disagree because I think as the sitcom goes on, you learn more about her character and learn more about the people. I never saw her as a villain when she was in the sitcom, obviously, because she was just the neighbor next door. She right. was just someone... Yeah. Just that's the villain, dude. If you've ever, if you've oh, ever moved in somewhere, the nosy neighbor who pops in the, the nosy worst neighbor time? is the villain of your life. And, and then you're like, have to gaslight her. Gladys Kravitz yeah. is the enemy. <laughs> when you're trying to, pl- when you're trying to like plan out when you're gonna leave your house so that you can like be sure to slip past them without yeah. being seen. so as to not have the worst, <laughs> most surface level but yet passive aggressive conversation yes. you've ever had in your life. Letting this grass grow a little long, huh? I love it. <laughs> They're not too wrapped up in trying to make sure that everything looks nice. I wish I could be like that. No, no. Everybody uh, has the same thing, which is a really nice-looking front yard. But you've yeah. gone against that. You've done something different. <laughs> Shaming Ag- up the narrative. This is one of Vision's a show where we have two unique um, perspectives going on. The outside world, the inside world, and the falling part of the sitcom. Yellow Jackets, we have the past and the present. Was there any narrative or timeline you were more interested in staying in that we didn't... Um, I will, I will say that I like I definitely wanted to stay in the past only yeah. and every time I went to yep. the future or the present I guess the that present. I was a little bit bummed but it was still great because it had Melanie Linsky yep <laughs> a future pot filter Hall of Famer for sure I uh, I love her but uh, I want to stay on that island yeah. and 
it made me think of Lost, but yep. without all of my bad feelings about Lost. Yep. You know, like we all have this bad taste in our mouth, like a fucking dirty nacho about <laughs> Lost. I Yellow Jackets, like, oh, God, it kept me going more than any drama on the bracket. Please give me the next episode. Okay, wait. Melanie Linsky was in Yellow Jackets? Yes. Yeah. I should have watched it. Yeah. Um, She's, she is the best. She, you, if you see her, you are guaranteed to be enjoying whatever you're watching. Yeah. I feel I also, like Ye- Yellow Jackets was like three different shows. Because yep. you did have the past, and then you had the wilderness, and then you had the present. Yep. And they were very much a, like different from each other and were different movies or like not movies sorry tv shows we said that it's we like gonna call that movie. Sorry, <laughs> god like damn movie. it caitlin but they were different you broke movies. the one rule of the tv <laughs> drama episode did anyone else feel like it was jarring jumping oh, from like i didn't and i thought the casting was great i thought that the uh juliette lewis to younger juliette lewis casting was great i thought that melanie linsky to the Younger Shauna was great. Yeah. I don't know. I, I did not get jarred. No, I, I, I 100% think the casting was great. It was just, I feel like it was jarring going from one. The storytelling. Ex- the, story the storytelling, t- the drama and I stuff to the real life, like, survival. I wasn't jarred on content. I was more jarred by my own desire to stay in the past. Yeah. So I was jarred by my mind not wanting to catch up to present time period. Yeah. And- I mean, there's a there's a whole politician who was trying to become more of a politician, yeah. but I was like, I don't care. I, yeah. I, what's what's happening over there? Let's see what the kids are doing. Yeah, I always want Juliette Lewis to be better than she ever ends up being, and I know she's yeah. fine, but I wanted her to be better because I really liked her character in the past, mm-hmm. and I just want her to. I don't know. She always just feels like she's kind of there, and I don't know. I don't know. Didn't wait. Everyone else. Worked. Christina Ricci ruled. She is yeah. so Christina Ricci. I like. <laughs> I cannot believe how incredible Christina Ricci is. Yeah, we just did gonna... our 1991 season, uh, yeah. and we did a career retrospective of Christina Ricci. And Perfect. what what uh, we came away from with uh, the understanding was that she just works nonstop. She's yep. a very hardworking actress. And I remember at the end of it, I was like, "And she's going to be on a TV show called Yellow Jackets." And here we are. <laughs> but like she, she is so uh, it's so organic. Yep. And I do I get what you're saying, James. Juliette Lupus is kind of working. You can feel her yeah. working. Yeah. And Christina Ricci is just I can't believe how much she uh devolves into this character. Yeah. Also I didn't like any of the men in the in the present. <laughs> or outside of TV shows. That's yeah, that's how just the a regular works. Yeah. Past or in the past. Have you past. lived in the present? <laughs> um, the dead Kennedys are pretty good. <laughs> oh, what a cool kid. <laughs> Thank you. It's 2022. I'm talking about dead Kennedys like we do these days. The dead Kennedy of our generation is Lincoln Park. So just so everybody deal with it. Is that. it because of the uh, the name of a president? I'm going to start. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> Thanks, Caitlin. <laughs> All right. I think we've uh, had quite a bit of a discussion on both WandaVision and Yellow Jackets. And I think this is going to be a tough one. But I think it's time for us to go to a... Vote James. Where are you headed? WandaVision or Yellow Jackets? Which one's moving gonna, forward? This is gonna surprise you, but Yellow Jackets. I I liked WandaVision fine, but Yellow Jackets ruled. It was like a movie. I'm joking. That was to piss off Brian. <laughs> it was really really good. I really enjoyed it quite a lot. I, See him off the podcast. It did. Ha ha ha! I am joking. It did. I'm joking. Come on. I'm being. I'm playing a character. Um, the it was like Lost, only with uh badass teenage girls which would have made lost way better if everyone had been 
a badass like a lacrosse team or like a field hockey or soccer team it would have been way better all right ryan where are we headed i yeah i I totally agree i think that like the problems with kevin can fuck himself which is the premise overruled the story i think that yellow jackets didn't it like it it got so much better than its premise and did all of these crazy things because of its confidence in its premise that i'm going yellow jackets mac it's two nothing Two nothing caitlin are you going to line right up or are you going to break this streak I'm ready to break the streak books because, uh, yeah, Yellow Jackets was a show that I just, I couldn't, like, it was too jarring to go from each one for me, personally. Mm-hmm. So, um, WandaVision was beautiful and I loved it. And Grief, what is Grief but Love Persevering? So, Nerd. WandaVision. They said that in the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not right. weird. That is one <laughs> vote for WandaVision, um, which I did before I saw Yellow Jackets. I definitely thought could take down some stuff, but um, Yellow Jackets is the seed that's moving forward. WandaVision, we loved you while we had you. Um, you just didn't you didn't pan out the same way we hoped. So Yellow Jackets is going to move forward. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we will do some more talking. <laughs> what uh, with a cliffhanger? Oh my god. What are they going to say? Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening so far. And let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com. And it's everything you need that's related to pop filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie, everything is there at yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. That way we get a little piece of the action and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That's Superhero Show Show. That's Movie of the Year. And that's YourPopFilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review. Bye! In our third bracket, we are taking a look at our number two seed, The Underground Railroad, versus our number seven seed, Squid Game. The Underground Railroad highlights the landscape of slavery in America while reimagines the Underground Railroad as an actual railroad through exceptional cinematography and artistry. While the Korean show Squid Game highlights how far individuals in debt will go to escape it by having over 400 participants play classic childhood games to the death for prize bunny. Both shows highlight what lengths people will go to escape terrible situations brought on either by society or their own poor choices. Greg, I ask you this. What do you think appeals to the audience more about their suffering? The macabre violence and murder set to children's songs in bright playground-like settings? Or the creative and artistic choices made in the Underground Railroad, such as wide shots and drawn-out silence? I mean, honestly, I I think that it's pretty clear that the sort of cartoonish Mm-hmm. violence that and sort of uh, absurd situation um uh, of the squid game e- even if it's like a a metaphor for capitalism and you know everyday life and everything like that what i think it's pretty i think it's pretty clear <laughs> that, that sort of thing is more interesting to people or, or more palatable than the underground railroad which 
while relying like on a lot of magical realism, the realism element of it is about the real horrors of American slavery. And I think, honestly, especially nowadays, that's like a, a hindrance for this show. This show is like the most beautiful, best show I think I've ever seen. And yet I think what will always harm its popularity or its acceptance is the fact that like it admits no quarter for any bit of white culture that is attached even peripherally which is all of it to slavery so it's like it is very very upsetting to watch the underground railroad because like it 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 doesn't pull any punches it doesn't say well you know let's take a long look at good white people from back in the day it's like no honestly even the white people that were like trying to help out are sus and the way that they do it some is, of the black people trying to help out are sus yeah the white people and so i i think that 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 amount of reality currently in this political climate not that many people want that much reality they don't want to have to think about all these things and squid game has at least the remove of well they're kind of playing hopscotch and you know the violence is cartoonish and and there's big graphics up on the wall underground railroad grabs a hold of you and is like you're complicit. It's your it, like you're complicit. You just are. There's a line that connects you to this and the it, all of the it's things painful. that yes. all of the things that like CTR is accusing teachers of doing, yes. which they are not doing, is actually true in Underground Railroad. Like yeah. you, ha- you have to fucking you're gonna get your lapels grabbed and you're gonna yeah. watch this shit. It's the show you need to see, but the show that I don't think anyone can actually stomach. Well, yeah, it's very very. Realism? Was there magical realism realism in it? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's I was, a literal underground railroad. Right. Okay, but but t- that when I read the book and when I watched the thing, not to, but wow. Um, right. I, <laughs> I believe I ex- uh, James. I think you picked up or you dropped this book that you uh, dropped that you might want to. I did. I did because I'm. It's a recommendation to, to you. Um, no, I always I kept expecting more. I was happy with the amount of of that they did, but I feel like. If you watch this as someone who doesn't have a good grasp of history and what happened, you know, like many Americans, you could you could convince someone that this was all real, like all true. I do think there's that. I do think there's that danger, certainly. But yeah, it it compresses time and it compresses like the the it takes all of uh, American time and American like spirit and it compresses it into one new landscape sure. and and that is the, that's what i think is the magical realism element like for instance there's skyscrapers at the same time that there's um like slavery sure. you know? okay that's fair so but it's like it's almost like allegorical realism yes yeah it's a it's a yeah. it's a tour through the like the the dreamscape created yeah. by americana yeah. and it's 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 connection inextricable connection for, to slavery right yeah and so like the, so much of it is completely fake like 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 fake places um but the violence is real or fake institutions but they mirror real institutions that existed through time maybe not at the actual time that the show is is i think it is that people might truly think the underground railroad was an actual railroad and this is exactly how it occurred historically i still don't think it mars the message that the show is getting across so if people take away this is all absolute true they're still taking away what's important about the show and valuable that show that fucking feeling that you have after watching it that's real yeah. That's I, not yeah. that's not fake. That's not magical uh, realism. That is just actually real. And 
We should not be going to Amazon or Barry Jenkins for our history lessons. We should be going to our schools that should be allowed to teach right. facts that happened in real life. Do you think that there's a danger that the opposite would happen too? That they would think that, oh, well, yeah, but they didn't actually do that all those medical things with, with you know, freed slaves and, and all yeah, that. Yeah, but stuff. I don't... I, this is it's a confusing question for me, but I don't think it's Barry Jenkins' responsibility, right? Like, or the author oh, of sure. the book. I, I like. I do think that they should make the show that makes us. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's not the responsibility. I'm just. I, and it's funny because I went in to reading the book because I read the book first before I watched the show. No, Brown, yeah, but, we know. We, um, we you okay, read the book. Sorry, I know you that read was the book. Um, I thought it was going to be more like, "Whoa, there's this technology in this time where there wasn't technology. Isn't that amazing?" And the fact that that wasn't it, that it was all still kind of just an extra layer to the shit sandwich of, of the slave trade in America and stuff was actually kind of allegorically fair. Like, I went in being like, come on, entertain me. What's going to be this cool? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. And that worked. That worked for me from what the versus calling it, like, thinking of it as magical realism where it was like, yeah, but there weren't skyscrapers then. Um did it it was sort of a bait and switch but in a good way what's that called like a surprise it was a surprise. Switch a bait. <laughs> i think it's i think it's a great thing too though that this show it's not made to be entertaining it's made right. to make you think and talk about it afterwards or dive into yeah. more afterwards is yeah. a strength that it plays i do yeah I, mean, I do think it's supposed to be the first stop that you make yourself uh, on pursuing okay. mm-hmm. you know yeah. whether whether or not you want to look into like you know what is real in this what is fake in this and yeah. if you can't tell the difference then it, it's probably a good opportunity to be like i should go discover the difference yeah. like just the, like the, i thought the blues brothers wrote all of those songs Turns out it was different <laughs> black artists that wrote all of those songs. But that do was you the remember last time that happened? <laughs> that, Ryan, do you remember that uh, that movie First Reformed? Yes, I do. There's a part in it where they, he's like, "This is a stop on the Underground Railroad," and then they like pull open the floor, and yeah. it's just this dirt pit. And I remember thinking, like, "Well, that's not like where, if you're going to train go. If you're going to have people in there, why is it just a dirt?" exposed dirt pit and this show is about how like even if you are helping people and you feel so noble there's a good chance you're going to treat them like freaking garbage mm-hmm. even though you're trying to like save yourself and save them you're still going to end up being like bad in Part many the of villain. the same ways. yeah yeah, well, yeah and you can't you can't like you can't try to also be the good guy like you have to just right. try to do the good thing well there's there's the like the idea of you are still a racist, but right now you're doing something that is, uh, help, you know, helpful towards ending slavery. But you're still doing it for the wrong reasons. But it's good that you're doing it. But it's not great. You're system, you know, maintaining d- systemic racism, but also freeing slaves. But also, you know, back and forth. That's that's so yeah. much. Uh, that that's such a further step than going from, um, let's say, I, I don't know, somebody on uh, Law and Order to yeah. Walter White, and then Walter White to the protagonist of this show of yeah. like. Man, you do think you're doing good, but we ask, we also have to deal with all of the stuff that also comes with you as a character, yep. uh, all of the stuff that comes from that time, and all of the stuff that just comes from, like, if I'm doing this, therefore I get to do all of this other stuff. This yep. is why I, I don't like people who pick up litter, because <laughs> if people who pick, if people pick up trash, that means they're doing mostly other awful things. We've talked about this hmm. before, right? Interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that because you don't believe that cons are good people, Ryan? Just because those people are picking up trash on the side of the freeway, th- they just made one mistake. It doesn't mean that they're 
necessarily bad just, people. Look, this is I a sting. Get him. For <laughs> one mistake. One mistake can set your whole life on a terrible journey, and Ryan will judge you through it all. Um, and we see a lot of characters in Squid Game making one mistake that sets them on a path to being okay with their neighbors. Just... You know, dying as they sleep in bunks next to them and play games. Do you think that this show definitely has a, a interesting mix of like what that does to a person and just a lot of gore and violence? Do you think the level of gore and violence not done in the same artistic way as Underground Railroad takes away from you kind of learning the same lessons? Caitlin, no, the white people yeah. do. <laughs> Caitlin, this had a lot of gore. Yeah. Was it okay? No, <laughs> no, it was not because I, I immediately got drawn into this because of all the amazing colors that there were. And yep. I am um, a lot of and shapes, right? It, Greens, there's so many colors, pink. shapes. There's like dolls and stuff and marbles. And I'm like drawn into it because I'm like, oh, I want to be in this. I want to be in the conversation that everyone's talking about. But then I start watching it and it's like, this is so gory. Like when they play tug of war and people just fall off and just like splat on the floor. It's like, yes. it is so incredibly gory. Our slides how... forever ruined from you from seeing that guy just get a bullet wound and blood stain the slide all the way down. This, this whole thing was just like, I, I don't, I don't want to watch this gore. I, I don't. I don't know if I've ever reacted to a show like this because I love violence. I really do. I. Th- I think we it's all know. Cool. Everyone knows that about you. Yeah. Like, Sometimes almost it seems like too much, Ryan. I, <laughs> I don't like committing it in real life. That's what I have to do. But when I when mm-hmm. I get some free time, I like to watch it in sure. TV shows and movies. That's what I get to do. Um, it's the violence and this show was like was this show made to like just make me upset i fucking hated this show this yeah. show was what i thought the movie sallow which we did cover on the 1971 i thought sallow was going to be like this and somehow this show disturbed me more than that band Whoa. movie but I, w- I was not disturbed i was i was disturbed as to like why everybody who binged yeah. this at the end because i feel like quarantine is sort of bookended by tiger king and squid, squid game, game. Right? Yeah. And I missed it. I missed the conversation. I missed when everybody was hanging out talking about this. But this was so fucking annoying. It was... Hmm. I remember the, the scene where uh, everybody's like, well, I think everyone's going to go kill everybody, so we should stay awake. And then it's just strobe lights for 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the character of Han, the, the woman who everybody, call, yeah. everybody says is like 50... But she's actually like twenty seven. Uh huh. I I can't remember a, a character who I more wished for her to just get launched off what? the fucking planet. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. A minute. Oh the the oh the, the right right. Okay. Sorry, I forgot the the one who screams a lot. One. Okay. Right right yes. right right. Okay. Yes, I agree. I was like, Not the North you Korean wanted refugee. my girl to. Okay. Right right. right. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. But ultimately, it comes down to a lot of people at uh, bars or not at bars because we weren't allowed, but on Zoom saying Squid Game makes you think. And now I wish I could go back in time and be like, about what? Like, what is this show fucking saying that you didn't already definitely know? How is it not being your exact thought process the entire mm-hmm. time? And hmm. is it enough for a complete show? That's my thing. It's like, uh, fundamentally, the, the show seems to be, you know, it seems like the message could be summed up in a couple of lines, right? Like, yeah. capitalism sets us against each other. Right. Like, and, and I does it... Does it deliver more deeply on that, or are we not the audience 
that it's intended for. Like maybe mm-hmm. our, we're missing some of the messages because like, for instance, we're not picking up on the character archetypes or we look at the Americans that pop in at the end and we're like, these are weird clownish figures. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I am closer to Ryan than I am to the popular conception, which is that I really liked it early on. And with, I would say from episode five on, I got a little less into it. And what an opportunity to, like, have surprises, right? Like, the whole conceit of, like, you can go home and everybody does. Yes. And then yes. everybody comes back. Which was amazing. That was, like, the ama- that was the best moment of the entire yeah, series. Yeah, you right? got every- a chance every- to leave and realize, like, how disgusting you were being. And everybody comes back with little secrets in their pocket, whether it be a knife or my brother is dead or, or my brother's missing or whatever. Everybody comes back. And then to find out that, like, it will literally Every single step will be exactly like I knew it would be the entire time. Like, this show has nothing to offer. But isn't it? I mean, I don't mean to be that guy. I hate I, I know that this is a pretty annoying way to say conversationally, but I thought that was part of the whole thing was that it was predictable and they couldn't escape the Yeah, even knowing what their, was going to happen, they couldn't do thing. anything. Like, about he knew it. they were going to come back because they always come back. Why wouldn't they? But that part. That part's fine. I'm talking about the part where the black mask guy takes off his mask. And we're oh, like, that, guy, <gasps> that, 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 that whole part oh, sucked. Everything sucked about every part of that. To have everybody come back is predictable. To have everybody come back with new things in their pockets, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To have all, none of those surprises play out. To is, have one well, unaccounted for character. So early on, organ harvesting, we get rid of. Like all of the little secrets, the people who come back with strategies or secrets all die off pretty quickly. Yeah. Anything that was like a twist on the show, I feel like, didn't actually deliver. Anything that was kind of telegraphed worked. Anything that was kind of a twist was dumb. And annoying as Squid Game was to come up against this show. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean. That's so, like, everything you were trying to say is going to get dwarfed and screamed You were very shattered by the importance of and the necessity and the just overall artistry of Underground Railroad. It's the, yeah. It's an unfortunate herring. When everyone talked about Squid Game, it was always like, doesn't capitalism suck? And it's like, obviously. Like, how, okay, no, this is not new. And I feel like that's what Squid Game is. It's like, it's just Mm. literally reinstating a fact that we've just been saying over and over and over again. And it's not like, Anything well, we could say besides the, the colors, same argument I love the colors. of like wasn't slavery terrible, but we needed yeah. to see it highlighted in the way it was. It's different. I, yeah. I've seen countless slave movies. Like I've seen so many movies about slavery, mm-hmm. and I have never seen what I have seen in Underground Railroad. It's actually doing something new and starting the conversation in a really important way. And mm-hmm. shot by a master. You know, yes. there. Yeah, we we had a master who said, "I'm not. My next movie is not going to be a movie." And I know that we're trying to separate those terms of movie and drama. Breaking your but own rules. Would you say it's like a movie, Ryan? Would you say that I, Underground Railroad is kind of <laughs> like a movie? I would not say it's a movie, but I do think that it does have an unfair advantage because a lot of these are under time constraints because our second mm-hmm. season has to come out this year and our third season has to come out the next year. And Barry Jenkins did just get an unlimited budget and an unlimited amount of time. So Which, in that way, it's a little unfair, but man, did he fucking... It was a little jarring because it'd be like an hour and 17 minutes of a TV show and then 20 minutes of the same TV show. (laughs) I've seen every episode of Arrow and I've seen every episode of Underground Railroad. And let me tell you, (laughs) they are different things. (laughs) Wait, which one did I watch? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's time for us to put this to a vote and decide which one is moving forward. I don't think we're going to have too much trouble with this one, but it was... uh, 
a good discussion we had. Ryan, what's moving forward? Uh, Underground Railroad is, I think, the thing of 2021. Greg. Yeah, I agree. This is one, this is one of the most exciting, because it is. It, it's intellectually exciting more than, like, entertainingly exciting, but it, it's um, such an interesting, dense story. And Squid Game was cool or whatever, but outclassed by the Underground Railroad. And James. I um I really I'd probably like Squid Game. Maybe it sounds like more than everyone here. Um and I think that they messed it up by forgetting what pieces they had in on the board and then telling two different endings. I really like Stephen King. I think it was I think it was very Stephen Kingian sort of setup mm-hmm. and conclusion because he doesn't always end his books well. Uh but yeah. all that aside, Underground Railroad. It's almost unfair. <laughs> it, oh, it's absolutely unfair. I think Squid Game could have a bitter, bigger leg up against some of the other shows that we um, have discussed. But Underground Railroad is moving forward. We're going to take it. Oh, I, I vote, too, for Underground Railroad. Thank you. Uh, on my log, it says you do not vote. I'm so sorry. It says. Oh, okay. My record says you have no say in this. This comes from Ryan. Okay. Blame him. That's okay. <laughs> but... um. That is going to be the one that moves forward. Caitlin, thank you for your very important final vote in helping us move forward <laughs> underground railroad. I hate this. We are going to take a quick break. And when we return, we're going to discuss our final two shows that also make some interesting commentary on society. All right. And we are back to discuss our final bracket. In this final bracket, we have our number three seed, the White Lotus, going up against our number six seed, it's a sin. The White Lotus follows the vacation lives of several rich people and individuals who also uh, and the individuals who run a tropical resort in a week-long time period, which includes robbery, murder, and unhappy relationships. While It's a Sin chronicles the lives of four young adults, three of whom are gay and living in London during the AIDS crisis. In five episodes, we see the highs of sexual freedom and building a family of choice constantly shadowed by the deadly virus that is killing the gay community in large numbers. Both shows are social commentaries on society and specific groups of people. Ryan, what commentary was needed more in 2021? (laughs) Good question, Mac. I love these two shows up against each other because both shows are like, look at this group of characters. You having fun? Fuck you! <laughs> Watch their lives be destroyed. Um, I like the more necessary show is it's a sin mm-hmm. for sure. Because it's a thing that like we have not dealt with yet as a country where we were like, Well That happened. You know, they could they could yeah. they they could all just kill themselves, right? Yeah. That'll be fine. Uh and this yeah. is this takes place in a different country. This is not America, but still, uh, yeah. they have different terms. Like we don't have AIDS yet. They have different terms for it. And it's like, um, just a thing that might wipe out gay people. And if you, if the British or American government comes out strong against like, we should probably figure out how to stop this. Then they're like soft on gay people. And, yeah. 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 They're like, like the, yeah. The, infringing freedom and right and so therefore we can't say anything um and then we have white lotus which is a bunch of white people just saying like let's act as white we're on vacation and when you're on vacation you are you Mm -hmm. you are you turned up to 11 and when you're you turned up to 11 you are the whitest white fucking white people ever and does that have any ramifications what a battle this is (laughs) i do have good news ryan 
I just realized where I know that kid from the Underground Railroad from, and it's the kid from the White Lotus. I had to do that looking (laughs) up last night. I'm like, how? Where do I know you from, kid? I'm watching Underground. He seems awful, but he seems awful without facial hair. I can't picture. (laughs) Wait, which kid? I don't know. The the guy, young young Rutledge, sorry, was the brother. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the 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 kid that's like an iron worker with his dad, and he's like his dad's not that into slavery, and he's like, dude, maybe we should get way more into slavery. Is also the kid that like has all his devices and has to sleep on the beach and from White or Lotus. Oh right, you know, yeah. I just I lo- I love these two shows on HBO Max, appealing to boomers. Like this will be a good time, and then thinking that the more they watch, the more they'll learn, but then remembering. That they're literally incapable of learning, and they will be always as disgusting as they've ever been. I the the reason I think I am inclined to vote more for It's a Sin than The White Lotus at the moment is because the whole point of The White Lotus seems to be: couldn't we foreground these marginalized voices? And isn't it always the reality that the marginalized voices don't get foregrounded, and instead they get sort of shifted to the background? And then the White Lotus does that as well. While foregrounding. Which I think is part of the point. It's like, even we're going to do that. Right. But I have to say, that left me with a quasi-bad taste in my mouth. The way that they seem to admit Mm. that this should be the story of Hawaii. And instead, they don't do that because the point is we never do. But then we never do if even when we're making the point, we still don't do it. I don't know. It's a sin. It's too successful of a satire. Yeah. It's a sin is at least like, okay, this is about this this group of people who kind of were forgotten and left on like to just basically die and to figure out things on their own. And now people who are part of that community are going to tell that story and we're going to foreground their message, you know, like would it have been better for Mike white to only focus on the Hawaiians on the Island and just maybe hopefully this story of the Hawaiians on the Island will touch. Or who's the actress from, um, from insecure Natasha Rothwell. Um, she plays like the she's Jennifer Coolidge's like buddy who keeps who right. Spa, spa right. Yeah. Her character is so kind of bland and boring, and she herself is going through like the being erased by Jennifer Coolidge, and the show kind of yeah. does it, it to her too, and it just mm-hmm. just praying that Jennifer Coolidge will be that will be the fun yeah will fund the spa even though yeah. she seems like so wishy washy and like she's not going to do it, um, and so like that character ended up being like way less interesting than the character of Kelly from Insecure. Uh the Well, everyone's Yeah, less I know, but when we when we see insecure. what the actress but there can was do. Potential. Yeah, when we see what the actress can do, it's like as long as her character is three-dimensional, she can give you an amazing performance. But White the White Lotus was like so much more interested in being like, yeah, we should, but instead I I don't know. I, I I'm just saying the same thing over and over. Well, again. I I see that, but but I think the main thing was like her hinging once again. I am once again hinging my hopes yeah. on a rich white person to come and help me. And I'm not disgusted by the fact that she eventually didn't. I'm disgusted by the fact that I, I knew that she wouldn't, and yet I hoped for it. Yeah. It's like the squid game. Yeah, totally. Like a, like some sort of squidded game. Yeah. I The Brady Bunch uh, episodes where they went to Hawaii, it was a three-part episode, and, and what, that had more Hawaiian representation <laughs> than what I saw in The White Lotus. I honestly, the, you could have put them on any island or any vacation resort, and it would have yeah, been. Yeah, I forgot they were on Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, it would have absolutely been interchangeable. 
Um, and I will say, yeah. like, I did definitely click next episode for mostly like Jennifer Coolidge because they did make her interesting. Yes. And but with It's a Sin, it was everything that had me clicking the next episode. It was all yeah. of the characters, all of the um, just drama and tra- like trauma that it was going through. But without I without losing without and, losing the joy, right? Like, I mean, that that's what oh, I think absolutely. It's yeah. a Sin did really oh, yeah. well. It's like it the the it captured the joy and that helped heighten how it, sad it everything was yeah. so yeah. much more to see them towards the end, just going to funeral after funeral after funeral because we saw yeah. them living their best and finally finding a community where they were accepted. Yeah. And then it has to, yeah. to watch that all disintegrate, like right in the, their, their moment where they have it is just, mm-hmm. whew. That line where music played just... a huge part on this. One. Oh yes. yes, even the Sorry. the first one, like in like wh- I think it's what the first episode maybe or the sec- sec- second episode maybe where uh, Neil Patrick Harris is first in episode for sure. For hot, the first for one, yeah. hot, first episode. Which okay. that was the only way the show could get funded. They were like, you have to find a star, or we won't pay for it. <laughs> find a star. Like, if only there I was a gay star. <laughs> and they said, well, we have Neil Patrick Harris for like ten minutes. Done. And they were like, fine, That's we'll pay be for all. it. That, yeah. Because the. I guess then the first like 30 minutes of that episode is just like pure joy. Yeah. It's like these people finally finding a place where they are accepted and then seeing someone else who has like, been living this out for 10 years and seeing them like, Hey, that could be me. And then watching them. He does predict literally their die in every unfortunate yeah. way. Well, that whole, yeah, the whole first episode. Or just, like there's been so many stories about like, Oh, I'm going to college and I will be uh, the person that I am, you know, but like, there's not in a way where like I already know I'm gay yeah. before I go to college, <sighs> and then but my parents will not let me be that. So then college is, or like life after your you know the home, home that you grew up in is so much more important. You know, so much crazier. And I just a hundred percent agree. They give these people so much joy and so much life and so much to look forward to. So when it's taken away, it's it hurts so much more. Remember when he threw the condoms yes. off the boat? Oh my yes. God, yes. Oh, I just thought yeah. of that, and it just broke my heart so much just now in yeah. the moment right now. Because he's like, I don't have to worry about this. One thing that's nice about yeah. being a gay man is you don't have to worry about getting anybody no pregnant. Pregnancy. So. No, yeah. Yeah. Not even concerned. I do. I, mm. There's something I want to talk to you guys about. Um, this show has this, like, through line is a strong word, but I'll say through line of how one of the characters is like, Oh, I will go out and I will sing and I will go la. Yeah. And then the rest of the characters do that to each other. That's yeah. so fucking annoying. That was yeah, awful. Theater I, stuff. Have you ever I, been it's, part it's of the theater, theater community? Theater kids okay. are fucking. Okay. Oh my god. I was immediately gonna come in here and say like, oh my god, isn't that cute? Like, no, okay, it's do I that. loved it. So annoying. It was these people it. who hadn't learned how to necessarily show their yes. affection, and that was their "I love you." Be safe out there. Yeah. Good luck <sighs> with your life. Because they had been Start in communities a where they couldn't <laughs> have that same level of acceptance and exception. So I think it was a great little touch on real life. I had Agreed. things I did that with friends, and it was dumb, sure, but it was that. Connection. No, but Ken, it was very dumb. It was doubly dumb. <laughs> but uh, the reason why Law comes into play is because of the main actress who was on Years, years and Years, years yeah. the She's year before this. Played by J- uh, her character's name is Jill. Jill. Yeah. Uh, Jill. Bill, yeah. Jill changes her law as she is going down the drain knowing that all of her friends are going to die for mates. So yeah. her law just gets uh, more and more. It goes from law to law to law. Like, you can watch it 
like from progress. lots of love. It's a lot harder. Lots but I think it still emphasizes this thing that it's so much harder for her to say, I love you, um, be safe, mm-hmm. knowing that it's no longer true. It still carries the same yeah. message, but the emotional weight of what she's trying to deliver with it is harder. Even though I know, and she's struggling with the fact like, that she's a straight woman, knowing that they're going to go out and kill themselves, knowing that like they are partly responsible, but also every government is also allowing this to happen. Yeah. Just her watching it, this happen. It's, it's that thing where her like watching, but also actively have... taking a part in trying to stop it. She's oh, not yeah. just right. a witness. So much so that like mothers get annoyed at her. She's like get get me the forbidden manuals from America about this virus. I thought that was very impressive when she's yeah. like, go get me literature about this. You're going to be like mm-hmm. across yeah. the pond. They're actually talking about it. It's actually on the news over there. Give me the stuff they're writing about. Yeah. Did anybody else think of Pose? It's kind of reminded me of Pose and the fact that, like, early on you're getting, like, this is the – this is, like, kind of, like, awkward pain that turns into this beautiful community that turns mm-hmm. back into – I mean, It's a Sin is, like, the perfect name for this, really, because, like, the second mm-hmm. the second episode opens up with him, like, uh, saying why HIV is not a thing and he's not going to, like, give into it. Mm-hmm. And he's going through the club and he's just, like, turning dudes around and kissing them on the lips and yeah. everyone's, like, having so much fun and it's just, like – this really is such a sin that like something came and like attacked this way of life for this group of people who yeah. have finally found some acceptance in the world. It, it really is like all Christians came together and thought of AIDS yeah. and then shot it yeah. on them. Like this is so gross what you're doing. Like you guys are just kissing everyone. You're kissing yeah. everyone. Who's had you it too die. easy for too long? Gave so many people some stupid way to justify why this lifestyle shouldn't yeah. be yeah. accepted. It gave such a power. Too. And it, w- it, it was, was also kind of interesting. I can't believe. Go, Ryan. Greg. <laughs> it was Greg. also. Kind- I was thinking that it was. Oh, <laughs> it was also kind of interesting watching it in the context of COVID. I have to say because it was a yeah, yeah, it was a pandemic sure. story, and I thought part of what was interesting is I remember there being shifting attitudes in certain political sectors when the early numbers were coming back about like who was disproportionately affected by COVID. It's, yeah. There seemed to be a legitimate shift when it was like, wait, it's what communities that are really getting rocked by this? Oh, well, is this a big issue then? Is it as big yeah. as we thought? Right. It well, then, before? therefore, I don't care. And that, I mean, right. that really, like, I, I thought It's a Sin picked up all the, the pandemic vibes sure. and, like, kind of worked them yeah. back into what, in many ways, for a lot of people, was the original pandemic. Yeah. And I think that would make what makes this so successful in 2021 is we know all that. We feel yeah. all that. And so when he has to gown up in that first episode to see Neil Patrick yeah. Harris, it's like, this isn't for your safety. This is for like, this isn't for my safety. This is for yours. Like kind of thing. Yeah. It was crazy. The, uh, the, the, the thing that they did, I said in, in yellow jacks, I didn't like how they established the time by like referring to, to whatever. When in the first episode, when like he was doing something up here, but in the background, the two people were talking about, have you heard about this thing that's mm-hmm. going on in New York? <laughs> I, it's this brand new thing. I don't know. It's whatever. I got a chill. It was like yeah. like Michael yeah. Myers appeared yeah. on screen and just walked by. Because they didn't it, address it. They just it, had it. It's happen. not like the movie Outbreak or Contagion where like right. they're inventing a new disease. They're going back yeah. in time. And we have that information. Yeah, yeah we know exactly well, what's going to play out, like, but we're still so scarred and like scared to see this happen. Yeah. The other thing it's, that I couldn't believe yeah. six episodes could do. And I don't know how far you guys made it, but the, the other thing that I couldn't believe that six episodes could do is that if you watch early seasons of Mad Men or The O.C., the two greatest dramas of all time, or oh, well, any, okay. anything, Friday Night Lights or 
uh, whatever you're watching, anytime in the third or fourth season, terrible stuff is happening and you're remembering good times. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's seasons. Yes. Seasons of episodes. In this show, you will remember moments from the first seven minutes of yeah. the first episode. And, like, there were good times. Mm-hmm. And I have never seen a show, like, build a character base and a click, like a crew. And, like, I was there for when this crew was super yeah. happy in Ryan, six episodes. That's the law. That's the law, that's dude. The Seriously, law. I agree with James here. Like, the when the when the the guy that works at the tailors when when it's not yeah. the fucking when he law. comes back and dumb. says law. I thought you guys were being judged. <laughs> I am the law. <laughs> Everything you're talking about is encapsulated in one two letter word. Fuck the law. Law. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I I think there's just so. And I mean, White Lotus is gonna win this because of the law. So, <laughs> but I'm sorry, McKenna, keep going. The the way it does that quick seven minutes of highs, but it's also just that constant whiplash you almost get from humor and love and then tragedy. Like yep. we have mm-hmm. that scene where Roscoe pees in the coffee and gets his hurrah over that yeah. uh, moment, and you're just like, fuck yes, and they're going to the protest, and then the very next second, um, Richie reveals. That he has AIDS to his best friends, and we're sitting in the back of the police van with them in that moment. I mean, there's another thing that happens, too, which is, and this is a cheat. Like, the show is amazing, but there's a cheat where it says, like, in Law & Order style, 1984, London, they're gay. We're like, oh, fuck. Fuck, 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 fuck. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Like, there's going to be bad stuff ahead for them. Right, okay, I see what you're saying. It's not yeah. trying to hide it because it knows that's not the big reveal. That's not the big secret of this show. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't harm it in any way. And in fact, I prefer those like straightforward, here's the year, here's the city, here's what we're moving Me forward. Me too. If that's not going to be the big plot moving forward or secret behind it, we know. Because yeah. it, it, it really isn't. And like that's what I love about these six-episode British TV shows is that like uh, AIDS is running rampant in this show, and yet... It's always in the background because they are like we're here to hang out with these six or seven people. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Just like yep. White Lotus. Yes, just like <laughs> nope. White Lotus, where we're here to hang out with these, I don't know, few families. And eight, nine. <laughs> I guess Can, it doesn't matter. If you told the premise of these two shows and said one of them has a, just a dick in the first <laughs> ten minutes of the show, which would you guess is probably going to be, and why would you be wrong because it's White Lotus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was really surprised a, by that dick. Just to be a close-up dick. Like I was yeah. surprised. It was. I would ask for which sure. one's on HBO, but I see that these are both on They're HBO. Both yeah, there. HBO is the home of the flaccid penis at the moment. To, to be fair, they both have dicks in the first episode. They both have and dicks. And I didn't. And, but the focus of yeah. one dick is sexual exploration. And the focus of the other is swollen testicles. Cancer. So. <laughs> <laughs> New rule. No show makes the bracket from here on out unless they have a fucking fat get dick wa- for seven Dude, minutes of the first episode. Just get a wang in right. your show. It's not even worth watching if it doesn't <laughs> can, have. Can I say maybe new episode? Maybe a new installment of uh, of best of the year. Best can wang. I tell you guys when I was a kid? Best when I tell, when I was a kid, I was so stoked to see a wiener because that means that <laughs> so much grosser shit was about to happen. <laughs> like you don't show a wiener unless you're about to like show some gross stuff. I'm, I'm the same way, Ryan, but instead of gross stuff, I was like, well, if we're looking at wieners, if we're going to be looking at boobs in no time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, what, that's what I meant, Greg. I meant boobs. The grossest of the gross. <laughs> My lifelong mission, to see boobs. See. Let's see some boobs. <laughs> All right. In this show, we definitely see a lot of dicks. I don't know if we ever see boobs in It's a Sin. I can't recall ever seeing boobs, though, so that might be a knock against it, but... 
That's the true saying. I <laughs> think uh, Wang, with that on our minds, we do have to come to a vote. When, did you just say Wang with that on our minds? Wang, that was on the brain. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> what are you voting for? As much as I love it, uh, the law thing killed me. I'm going with the White Lotus. <laughs> All right. Greg, what's your vote? I, lo- I really enjoyed White Lotus. There's not bad shows on this bracket, but It's a Sin, I thought it was so beautiful and, and so powerful. And, and you watched all of it, right? You got all the way through? I, uh, to be honest, I did not get all the way through. I let the dramas really oh. get away from me this year. And so uh, I, I haven't seen all of it. And I have seen all of White Lotus, but I just, I don't know. It's a Sin just did more for me in a dramatic sense than White Lotus did. All right, James. I hated everyone on white lotus i only made it two episodes in but i'm that's where i'm gonna stop on that one because they were all <laughs> yes, assholes you're right you got yes, that one right. right and it's a sin everyone ruled even if they were annoying and saying law so it's a, it's a, it's it's a sin caitlin what are you voting for well first of all uh i like to make a stand that i love the law i thought it was cute <laughs> I and, love the law. Uh, I love everyone the law. knows that caitlin law. is a big fan of the law yeah big big law fan and white lotus to be honest it kind of bored me though like mm. the pacing of it like i couldn't handle it i did watch a lot more than i expected because i just wanted to know who was you know who in was the in casket, that box who, yep. who died <laughs> i i needed to know but they i ended imply up it's the wife it. they give you that right away that you know it can't be but yeah yeah, yeah no so uh i definitely I go with it's a sin it was definitely more compelling for me um all right, and a landslide, just losing one vote. It's a sin is going to move forward. Um, hey, law. Ryan fought the law, and the law won. <laughs> law won out, which shows law. it should be cherished, and we were right to support it. That concludes our first <laughs> round of votes. Woo. Moving forward into our second round, we have Succession, Yellow Jackets, The Underground Railroad, and it's a sin. When we return, we will see which of those four shows becomes our top 2021 drama. All right. Welcome back. We are down to our final four TV dramas from 2021. And it is time to determine what the top TV drama was. In our very first bracket, we have our number one seed hanging on and pulling down a lot of votes. Succession going up against the number 13th seed. A show that apparently a lot of people have not appreciated enough since it is our number 13th seed, uh, Yellow Jackets. And we're just going to dive right into a vote. Greg, which show is moving forward in your opinion? For me, it's Succession. I think we can see that coming. James, what are you voting for? Uh, Succession, I guess. <laughs> it's a little heartbreaking because Yellow Jackets is still fantastic. And <laughs> if you had seen his, listeners, if you had seen his face, you'd be like, "Are you sure?" Yeah. You might need to ask a follow-up do you, question. Do you feel like this is the right choice? Um, but do you feel like you have to in. do this? Okay. Yeah, I feel like the board has met, and it's like we have a quorum, <laughs> and it's like I've made a back back alley deal, and it's just like I feel locked into this. What do you get out of it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the board is good at that. They're like, uh, "You this do this for us." Happening. And uh, end of conversation. Bye. Yeah. Be happy with it. All right, Ryan. What is moving forward? I don't. I didn't finish Yellow Jackets, and I feel like that if I did, I would be so desperate for this lost reunion. You know, like to get lost back. But then also my favorite genre of anything, which is High School Cheerleaders. Uh, Bring it on, being the best movie of all time. Yes. Uh, 
but I they mean, weren't cheerleaders. They were soccer. Soccer. They players. they were the athletes, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, football players, why don't you cheer for the Clovers or the Toros right. if you're white? I guess. Right. Uh, <laughs> I forgot we were. I mean, Succession was the thing of 2021, so it's mm-hmm. Succession. Yes. And Caitlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, succession. Yeah. All right. Succession moves forward. Yellow Jackets, we appreciated what you did and what you brought to us. Um, and you made it real far. So, good job. And our second bracket. Do I take a break? I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Keep going. Okay. Continue. Our second bracket. Uh, we have the Underground Railroad going up against It's a Sin. I think this is a very tough bracket for all of us as well. Both shows are doing a lot, um, and both shows are done very, very well. And this one for me personally, very tough choice. But, Greg, what are you voting for? Yeah, love them both, obviously. But Underground Railroad, just I don't think we've ever seen anything like this mm-hmm. on TV before. And it just feels too big. Um, it's a Sin. A great show, but just not not quite as groundbreaking as Underground Railroad. All right, James, what has your vote? This is a tough vote. Um, I don't know. I I thought it would be. I, f- I thought I'd feel more strongly for Underground Railroad than I do. I like it. Having read the book, Have, I did. I don't know if you guys knew this. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up again, but since you brought it up, I did read the book, and uh, <laughs> uh, I mean. Maybe it's because I read the book, and so I sort of know where we're going with it. Maybe. I don't know. I think I think it's It's a Sin. All right. Uh, that is one for Underground Railroad, one for It's a Sin. Ryan, which way are uh, you voting? As writer of the novel It's a Sin, based <laughs> yes. on the TV What's show. Name? What's his name? Based on the novel Pushed by Sapphire. Um, I, For me, this is all about... and. You know, TV drama is different than film, but to get a filmmaker at the top of his game directing a TV show, it's sort of all done for me. Like, there's no... It's a Scene is a wonderful character hangout story that has a ton of drama, but it is a screenwriter show. And it is, it is an actor show, mm, and the director is just like, uh, I'll film it all, and I'll make sure it's good. But holy shit. Underground. I've never seen anything like Underground Railroad. Um, huh. I like. I can't believe what he was able to do with this. So yeah. I am going with the director of Moonlight made a TV show. That's mm. gonna be my pick, McKenna. All right. I think you just said why I did my pick. I think you, I think you just outlined my 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 decision too. That's really interesting. Because you don't care about um, uh, filmmaking or slavery. Is that what you're saying? No, I I care about the uh, AIDS epidemic. I'm not sure why you don't like gay people. So. <laughs> Um, no, I, I think that a screenwriter's a screenwriter show and a character-based show Appeals adds up to, to why I wouldn't. Yeah, and mm-hmm. typically, like that's what we're dealing with, right? Like, yeah. yeah. But even even with uh, our aforementioned Succession, has that shot of the year of the three siblings <laughs> on that like three crossroad thing. Like, you do need to find directors at some point. I will say though, It's a Sin does not lack. It's not terribly directed. No, no nothing that got this yeah, far it's just in. Going up against yeah. underground it's in the top four, McKenna. Pale. Yeah. Um, in comparison. I have to make choices. <laughs> wait, right. wait. Did you say everything is pale in comparison to Underground Railroad? I just wanted to point that out. Did you? Okay. I did just, you say did. that. Okay. <laughs> great, 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 great. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, Caitlin, what's your vote? Yes. Uh, so, my vote. So, I think that It's a Sin is 
easier to watch and more people will watch it. So that's why I'm going to say It's a Sin is a winner. All right. So we've got two for two. And that puts me in the voting situation. Um, I do think It's a Sin is fantastic. It's definitely the one I clicked play faster. I was, had an easier time watching through and through. However, I do have to put my vote to Underground Railroad. I think it's doing something that no TV show has successfully done quite as well or before in the same way. And um, that's worth noting and voting for. So Underground Railroad will move forward and go up against succession. Noting and voting. I think that's a good catchphrase for the show. <laughs> All right. We are at our final bracket our final vote to determine what is the top 2021 drama of the year and that is succession up against that's our number one seed succession up against our number two seed the underground railroad um and it seems like a predictable stacking one against two but honestly it's not there were a lot of other shows that could have made um made a run for this title uh, it just these two shows were fantastic. So I think we just need to put it to a vote. Ryan, what is the best 2021 drama succession or the Underground Railroad? I mean, Mac, like to be number one versus number two is I'm so glad that we got to talk about all these six other shows, first of all. Mm -hmm. But this is it, right? Like this is sort of what we were talking about in the intro of like when it comes to TV drama, what is it? Is it this impeccable binge mode of like give me more mm -hmm. and i like succession is that of our generation like probably since the soprano succession is that versus hey um jeff bezos gave me x amount of million dollars to go shoot whatever i want for as long as i want and when it comes down to that i have to go with what made me gasp filmmaking wise instead of what made me gasp at the end of each episode wise, you know, like how TV drama is supposed to do of like, Oh, give me the next one. I have to go with the, the master filmmaker. I have to go with underground railroad. All right. That's one vote for underground railroad. James, what are you voting for? I, um, I realized when I was watching succession at one point that it was basically the exact same as game of Thrones, but with different costumes in a different setting. It's like yeah. the same plot. I think they should do a feudal yeah. like episode or season where they, they literally it's like it's like medieval times and right. they are at medieval times. Or also uh, rest of development, <laughs> they should also do that one of those. <laughs> I think that there were more things that I didn't care for in succession. Like there were there were things where I didn't like the characters because they were doing a great job, and there were things where I was like, Why are we why are we still on this? And I really like what i've seen for the most part um i really liked that last episode with the with the siblings teaming up and the rug being pulled all that stuff was really good but it's underground railroad it there's nothing in that i've seen i'm not done yet but of underground railroad what i have seen nothing has been where i'm like oh, come on go faster go different it's do something else so unexpected and it works brilliantly yep. for being yep. unexpected all right caitlin i mean you got to admit that the underground railroad just really chugs along and it never goes off the rails <laughs> There's a whole part where it does go off the rails, Ryan. I oh, shit. Yeah, I, I didn't see that. Whole part. Uh, Caitlin, what are you voting for? Underground Railroad or Succession? Uh, I'm going with Succession. Wow. Yeah. All right. Care to elaborate on that or just that's your nope. vote? That's, that's my vote. Caitlin's vote. We have one officially for Succession. and We've got two for the Underground Railroad. Greg, what is your vote? 
Succession is my favorite TV show, the show that I'm most excited to watch when it comes on. Underground Railroad is so so much more important than anything else we've like talked about in basically any of these shows at the end of the year. It's the perfect show for right now. And everything about it that makes us want to turn away from it is why it's the important show for right now. Um, I, 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 I think we'll be unpacking this for a really long time. I think this will survive way outside of, of this generation. And uh, yeah, it's just so much the best show of, of 2021, Underground Railroad. Absolutely. I agree with those votes. We did have one for Succession. I still think it's a fantastic show. Um, You should definitely check it out. But the Underground Railroad is the top drama of 2021. The votes are in. We did it. Um, And if you're listening and you still have not seen it, you need to go watch it because it is the best TV drama of 2021. We have all the facts and the evidence to prove that. And I want to give you a shout out to... You can also read the book if you wanted to. Oh, my so. God. <laughs> book, the book with this guy. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to What's-His-Butt from uh, The Great Gatsby and Warrior and The Gift. F. Scott Fitzgerald? Nope. <laughs> no. Leonardo DiCaprio? Nope. Colson Whitehead? Colson Whitehead. That's the I w- name of the... I would love to give a... No, a shout out to the guy who played the, the, the slave bounty hunter. To th- oh, that guy. To throw yeah. his career into absolute jeopardy by playing this white guy uh, like uh, clo- the closest to the, like the the biggest through line throughout the entire series because it does jump around a lot uh man like i don't know what that must have taken to play that guy but he had to say and do some vile vile things like that's mm-hmm. the kind of show we're talking about here and it works it is brilliant if you enjoyed this show and our countdown to determine the best tv drama of 2021 you should definitely check out the best of the 2021 movies that will be out um soon we've also got a review of the 2021 top comedies and albums all on movie of the year that is all this has been the best of just for tv dramas and thank you for listening Shall I hit stop? Alright, cool.